Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo, happy to be with you. We got a great podcast for you today. Good show. We've got an interview with Keegan Thompson. We're going to find out if he knows that Cody's been calling for his name to be in the mayoral race for the last year here at CHGO. Uh, the whole thing will surprise you. Uh, he he was just a lot of fun. So that interview is coming up. We'll react to that. Uh, I think you're really going to like it. We also have the Cubs releasing a lot of their promotional stuff for the season today. So we're going to tell you about all the bobbleheads that are coming out. We're going to rank what we think we like most about what the Cubs will be giving away on certain days. Um, and so we'll have some fun with that. But King and Thompson's the number one thing on the list, guys. And at this time, a year ago, we didn't know what to expect, but... I feel so good about what this guy can bring to the Cubs this season after just one year of him trying really two different roles, right? Like, we saw the starter role. We saw the reliever role. Personally, I'm comfortable with either role for him, but he really thrived in that long reliever role, kind of that specialty role that we've seen kind of um, – be embraced around Major League Baseball. It kind of started with the postseason, but now it's filtered into the regular season yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we tweeted the graphic on Twitter today, CHGO Cubs. Go follow us if you don't. Um, and it was a graphic that had uh, his projections on there and uh, for this year. And everyone was coming with their pitchforks and knives because Steamer <laughs> is absolutely disrespecting this guy because uh, when I looked at the numbers, whenever I went to put the request in for us to make this graphic, I was even shocked at the numbers that Steamer came up with. Now, Zips was a little bit different. There's so many different people who do this stuff, um, but we've been using Steamer when it comes to making these graphics the last few weeks. And uh, either way, like I was, I was, I was a little shocked to see it. But I think they're going by. They think that he's going to start some games, and I think that. The only way Thompson is really going to start any games is if the Cubs sustain multiple injuries at the, in the starting rotation. Well, Otherwise, I think he'll be in their bullpen all season. They only have him at eight starts. They're not saying it, like they're, that's, that's basically a spot start kind of. That's, that's a spot start kind of thing for a guy like Keegan. Um, I don't. I, 
Well, I that guess. could be I, that no, could be two I, months, a two month injury to somebody. Yeah, it could be, yeah, it could be. You know, well, eight, again, I think that we'll. See, I, I, of course, I could see him being a starter, and and it, I think that he can be a better starter than what people probably are giving him credit for. Uh, in terms of just in a spot start role, not as a guy who's going to start thirty games a year for you, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I, I just don't think we're going to see him start any games unless injuries really become a major factor for this team. So. I, I don't know. I just I know like I agree with you in the fact that he's going to be a reliever for the most part. I think that's he'll talk about it, but I think he's kind of expecting that some spot starts here and there, um, but mostly out of the bullpen is where Keegan should be working in 2023. Um, the 4.29 ERA is that what it was? Uh, that that feels high. Yeah, that feels high for a guy who again. If if he, if most of his innings come out of the bullpen this year, last year he was awesome out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So to say that his if that that's his main role and his ERA is going to jump because it ended up being like I think it was a sub two ERA bullpen out of the bullpen maybe maybe be be around there, but to say it jumps this high when he's mostly going to have mm-hmm. the same role feels it feels incorrect. a little too high. Yeah, feels right. incorrect. He yeah. was also our favorite gift after he hit Andrew McCutcheon and just kind of shrugged walking off the mound. Yeah. So, it's one of my favorite right. moments from the year. Let's <laughs> let's play part one of our interview at Cubs convention with Cubs pitcher Keegan Thompson. We're here with Keegan Thompson, Cubs starting pitcher, possibly reliever, hybrid. We don't know, but first of all, excited to have you here. And uh, we're wondering what you think of your first Cubs convention experience like this this is a different thing if you've never been here right like yes not so, every fan base has this yeah well I'm excited to be here um but yeah it's it's a little crazy I've uh, heard stories and I was asking guys yesterday a uh, couple coaches like what to expect and they're like it's, you're you don't know it's like it's, <laughs> it's a whole another level like you don't know what's going to happen and uh walking out yesterday getting introduced it's like 10 15,000 people in that one room crammed in there and that's like a bad day for Wrigley. Um, so that was pretty cool. Well, you mentioned that you're kind of asking the questions, but when you look at, like, the roster, the last time you had one of these, a lot of these guys weren't here. A lot yeah. of the guys on the Cubs weren't here. So is, is it okay that at least you guys are kind of doing it together, going through it the first time as a group for the most part? Yeah, I think so. Um, there's a couple guys that have been here before. I think Kyle was the only player yeah. maybe in Hap, but um, I think there's been, like, Steele was here and – couple guys that were prospects before that mm-hmm. had not made it to the big leagues yet but had some experience here at Cubs Con and just kind of asking them some questions and um so I wasn't lost um going out there and doing whatever so our our <laughs> podcasting buddy Cody who's not here today but he's like your biggest fan and and at the beginning of last year he labeled you as the mayor he wanted you the, the next mayor of Chicago he was so excited my aunt oh. saw that and she sent that to our whole like family group chat immediately the there mayor yep <laughs> so the mayor made it all the way to the mayor very good he he'll be directing your campaign this okay. year okay yeah uh, yeah and uh, we'll keep him like 50 feet away from you at all times <laughs> during the, you know but uh when you pitched that game against the Braves you guys had lost i think 10 in a row and they had won 14 in a row would you would you say that was kind of a launching point for what you're trying to do? I mean, it was certainly a great outing, but was that kind of one of the first times where you're like, this is something I can I can build on the rest of the way? Yeah, I think so. That was like one of my probably better starts that I had. I think I had like a couple of rough outings before that. And, 
you know, with the Braves coming in that were hot like that. It was I mean, I didn't know what to expect going out there that day. I didn't think it was going to be that like as good of a day as we had, but it was like one of the turning points I think we had for our season. Um I think we finished over 500 the second half and that was kind of leading into the second half of the year and um you know when you have those kind of games like that and the camaraderie that you know like the that wasn't a comeback but it was 0-0 going into the eighth or ninth I think and mm-hmm. scored a run in the eighth and then got the close closer to close out the game and I mean it was just a really cool experience and the fans were in it and I mean it's just yeah it was awesome so you Obviously, that was a start, but you had a lot of successes as a reliever in 2022. Um, what are the challenges, the different challenges between coming out of the bullpen and starting, and why did you find so much success You know, doing the, the multi-inning relief weapon role? Um, I think as a multi-inning relief role, you have the few, like, two to three innings, and then you have, like, your two or three days off, whereas a starter, you go, like, five or six innings or however long you go, and then you have five days off, and a normal bullpen guy, you go, you'll go one inning one day, and you might be back out there the next. And um, I think going back and forth from starting to relieving, I think that little in between, like long relief role, was kind of uh, really big for me to bridge that gap of starting and relieving. When you look at the difference between those two roles, and and you you just talked about it, but can you see that that relief role is sort of changing? value-wise in baseball like you know a couple years ago five years ago you would have thought of it as it's it's a long relief role now you look at it and it's like well I don't know where you rank things for priority for a team but it seems like especially for the Cubs that specific role has increased in value throughout each year incrementally and and do you see that value changing I think so and I think it kind of started back in maybe 2015, 2016, when uh, the Indians were kind of doing that in the postseason, mm-hmm. and they were mm-hmm. using their bullpen after like the fourth or fifth inning, and now it's kind of bled over into the regular season, and coaches and managers and players are they're kind of going towards shifting towards that a little bit in the regular season. It's two you don't see very often anymore where starters are going seven, eight, nine innings um, anymore. Uh, it's kind of a starters go four to five to six, and if you go six innings, that's a good start and kind of like the bullpen take over from there. Um, so I think the bullpen, yeah, like you said, like there's been a shift in the worth or the effectiveness yeah. of a bullpen player. So do you do you prefer one or the other? Do you um, enjoy one more than the other? Um, I think they both have their advantages. Uh, it's cool to start and go out there and have the crowd uh, from the very beginning and listen to your walkout song the whole time, but it's, it's also something different when you um, – come out of the bullpen and in the middle of an inning there's guys on base and getting out of the inning and not letting that starters or the guy that was in the before you not letting that they his inherited runners score and it's uh it's really fun and cool to go out there and do that in, in that role or well you, you talk about having you don't really have a preference and I know you've said that throughout this this past season that you are willing to do whatever you know Rossi or Tommy whoever it is asks of you have they expressed at all, whether it's exit interviews or now kind of leading up into spring training, what they kind of see your role to be heading into the season? Um, not really. I think we're going to have kind of a similar role as last year. Um, I would imagine I'll probably do like the majority of a middle reliever, uh, multiple inning guy, mm-hmm. uh, spot starts here and there when I need to get put in. Um, but we'll see what happens. You never know. 
one thing that was super impressive about your season last year, and Justin Steele the same, we talked to Tommy Hadovy about it this offseason, was the fact that you guys were adding pitches during a season. Yeah. Like, I mean, that you don't see that very often in Major League Baseball. Like, a starting pitcher goes out there, or a relief pitcher goes out there, and all of a sudden, well, there's a slider that you didn't see before. There's a cutter that you didn't see before. Um, how difficult was that as a player to do? And will you try to continue doing that throughout your career? I think so. It's always difficult to, like, create a new pitch or, like, learn a new pitch, but it's it's fun, and that's, like, the what, like, makes it great about baseball and, like, just evolving because you're going to have to evolve every year because you're facing the same guys no matter what every single time. Every year you're facing them probably two or three, five or six times a year now, too. Um, and so, like, you're always kind of doing things. It's kind of we were talking uh, last year with uh, Stroman, and he was talking about pitch grips and everything, and we were talking about trying to make or figure out, like, a change-up or – a curveball or slider, and he's like, if I throw one one day and I don't like it, then I say, okay, I'm going to the next one. Like, you're always evolving. So it's the process and kind of getting to the end goal. But is it harder to do it in season? And and if it is, is that a mental thing or is it a physical thing that's that's more difficult? I think if you do it in season, it would be more mental than physical just from um, taking it out into the game. Because you can, like, in the offseason, you practice it, and it's the same thing when you get into spring training or uh, taking that pitch you learn in the offseason. You're going to have to have the mental, like, aspect of it to go out there and just believe that it's going to work and trust the pitch and, like, just <laughs> – if it works, it works, and just try to see – and just work – I don't know. But uh, – Just go but with yeah. it, right? You just got to yeah. kind of wing it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I talked to Kyle during the season, and this is prior to you know him being shut down. But he was talking about you know the the conversation has been had about potentially adding a slider at some point in his career. Has he picked your brain yet? Because he told me he that like you are kind of someone he looks up to in that sense. As far as you added that pitch mid season, has he picked your brain and, and asked you for tips on how to do that? Not yet. Um, when I kind of picked that pitch up, I think he was already in Arizona last year, so um, he hasn't asked me too much about it. But I'm sure there's plenty of guys in Arizona that have just as good or better slider than I have and I guarantee he's been asking them about it that's pretty crazy isn't it as a young pitcher to be like hey Kyle Hendricks is going to pick my brain about a pitch <laughs> I know it's pitch nuts. game seven of the world series up, I grew up watching them I was in school in college watching them win the world series and um you know I got drafted by them the year later and then seeing all those guys in the clubhouse when I was in the minor leagues, like you want to kind of stay away and give them their space. And now like being a part of the, the team, it's, it's like, yeah, it is kind of weird and kind of, oh, well, it's <laughs> the other way around now. It's kind of, it's fun to be a part of that. So to go back to the, the, the starting pitching and, and you look at the depth uh, that the Cubs have, you know, adding Jamison Tyon, bringing Drew back, uh, obviously you're, you're here and, and are av- available to start Justin, all these guys. Um, when you look at all the different arms in the system that could potentially be starting games for the Cubs this season, what does that do for you? Like, what what's the excitement level? And as far as heading into spring training, does that kind of create a friendly competition kind of thing between you all? Obviously trying to earn that rotation Yeah, spot. for sure. I think there's probably 10 guys that made starts at least last year in the big leagues, if not more than that, that are an option to, for our starting rotation. So it's a definitely a friendly competition, but it's also nice to know that we have that depth that we might not have had in the past. So if somebody goes down, then you know you have somebody else that can step up and take over and fill that role. 
a couple things jump out. One is I can't believe we are to the point where we have players who now think of Kyle Hendricks from when they were watching him in school. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, and he's not even the youngest guy on the team, not even close. At this point, is he? Who, who would be of, of guys that'll be like if Mervis yeah. comes up to the team? This oh, year? Like you're talking about Keegan. Not Keegan I'm talking okay, about yeah, Keegan. Yeah, okay, okay. Mm. Yeah. No, See, I mean, it's Ke- not like I mean, Keegan's. She's Keegan's like twenty. He's twenty-seven, going on twenty-eight, something like that. Yeah. Like, right. He might be like a year older than me. Yeah. So he's just reinforces how damn old I am. Because I think of Kyle yeah. Hendricks as the young guy. He's he's still the <laughs> he's still the the guy that they traded Ryan Dempster for to you. He is. Yeah. Oh um, man. I love the fact, though, that he said he plans to keep on trying to add pitches or change pitches throughout his career. It worked for him this season, so why stop there? Why let other teams get used to what you're throwing? Why not try to put a little new wrinkle into what your repertoire is each season if you can do it during the season? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that was probably the most impressive thing to me all season was the fact that he was able to do that. Yeah, that slider midseason. That slider yeah. was something. Yeah, and that was – I remember, um, you know, in talking to him and, like, Daniel Moskis at the same time, um, when they decided to kind of incorporate that, that was after he had gotten to start. You know, he mm-hmm. I think he was already maybe five five or, or so starts into being in the rotation. And one of the things they talked about is being in the rotation. You have those, like, four to five days in between starts – that you can work on things like that. You can work on pitch grips, pitch shapes, you know, doing that stuff in, in bullpens and whatever. Versus when you're a reliever, you're coming out of the bullpen, you don't know exactly, you know, you don't know every time you're going to go in. Mm-hmm. So you have less time in between your own, you know, appearances to work on that kind of stuff. So as far as benefits of him starting last year, go even though this, the results weren't, you know, the box score results or stat sheet, whatever, even though those results weren't as good as they were when he was a reliever going into the rotation and being in there for a while allowed him to add that pitch and, and change up his repertoire change up his game a little bit that should really help him in the future even if that is just uh, you know a multi-inning role instead of being a starter I, I I would think that Keegan would still like to be a starting pitcher in the major leagues I, I would think he would want to be in the rotation but if that's not in the cards for him even getting that little bit of experience that he did, and it's not a little bit, it was a few months, but getting that experience in the rotation and consistency that allowed him to add a pitch like that slider, if he moves back to a multi-inning weapon role, then he's going to be all the better for it because he he's had that time to incorporate a new pitch. Yeah, would he have probably had that time this offseason? Sure, but he was able to do that you know, in June or July, mm-hmm. whenever it was, and now he went to the offseason not even having to worry about it or, you know, only having to tinker with it or whatever or, or you know, perfect it instead of really trying to get that into his repertoire. He didn't have to focus on that as much this offseason. You know, we talked about all season, like, you know, the ifs and stuff with this team, and there's very few players where you're not, like, really questioning if they can do this or that. I think we all feel very confident with Keegan Thompson going into 2023 because he was that good out of the bullpen. And he was that good in almost any role that they put him in. Because, yeah, sure, he was better in the bullpen than he was as a starter. But he also had some good starts. It's not like he was awful as a starter. Uh, he there, were, there was a stretch there where I was like, this guy's a starter. Cody, I can remember specifically a postgame show where we half-heartedly threw out the idea, if he keeps doing this, he should be considered an all-star. Yeah. That right? first he, half he, he was, had was the, the only really, like, saving grace. 
of last, like he of was the first so half. effective though. Was when we were good. like, this guy's should be in the mix for that yeah. reliever role at, at the All Star break. And I do think, as far as what you're saying, Ryan, about starter versus reliever, I think his answer. I would agree that most guys, and probably he would say the same thing today. In, if everything was equal, would he prefer to be a starter? Sure, because the money is still in being a starter more than it is necessarily being a reliever. Yeah. But because that role is starting to change in value for teams and franchises, if that continues, you could almost hear it in his answer when I said to him, like, I can see the value in this changing each year. And he knew the date. He went back to the, the Cleveland Indians doing it, and he was like, yeah, 15 and 16, you saw it. And it's crossed his mind. That wasn't the first time he's thought about, do I like this role? And is this role good for me? And I think if it continues to go that way in Major League Baseball, especially if it goes as well as it did for Keegan Thompson last year, player, younger players as they come up will start to embrace it just like it seems he's sort of embraced it. Mm-hmm. You can see value in that. And when you start to see value in it and teams see value in it, then financially the value in it starts to slowly change too. We had conversations last year where I said, is the fifth starter more valuable than a super lockdown, multi-inning guy that can also be a starter sometimes? I'm not so sure. I'm not. If Keegan Thompson can do what he's doing and replicate that again this season and be be a guy that comes in after Kyle Hendricks throws four, three, and he can come in and just shut down the other team for three innings and do it three times a week, I'm not sure that's not more valuable than your fifth no, or sixth that, starter. That's not what I was. That's not what I was saying. I know you. I don't no, think you're saying I'm that. I'm just saying yeah, we had that discussion many times last it's year. A difference is financially to a team. Will that yeah. role start to equal at least what a fourth or fifth starter more is? Value. That's fair, and, and I, I think it might. Yeah. When I, I think, and I think Keegan knows that he kind of expressed right. that in that interview. But what I do when I when I say I think he'd still rather be a starter is the comfortability, the consistency, knowing what yep. day you're pitching, knowing. You're going to go out and just try to pitch as many innings as mm-hmm. you can versus, like, okay, I have to be ready to pitch three innings today or it's four innings today. It's just the stability more of a routine. It. Yeah, it's a routine. It's and, an easier and, routine. And guys that are starters would like that, you know. Um, but, I yes, what you're saying is absolutely true, especially in this day and age, that guys like Keegan who can come in the out of the bullpen and can come in, like, you know, the with an out in the sixth inning or even before that yeah. and can go out and, and finish a game if he has to, like, mm-hmm. that's – entirely valuable because it not only you know it kind of works as mop-up duty a little bit but also like if it's a close game you trust him to go in and get outs and then be able to come back it's one of those things when we talk about relievers where you know the guys that are able to come out for like two outs right and then come back out the next inning and and, and be able to and don't fall off right Mm -hmm. we're like in the past like your best relievers were guys that would come in wherever that part that part fell in the inning and then that was it and then you go to the next reliever to start the next inning because you'd rather have him start at clean innings, whatever it is. If you have a guy like Keegan who can come in in a dirty inning, clean it up, and then go out and, and pitch the seventh, pitch the eighth, close out the ninth, like that. Oh, that that's, that's my favorite insane, part of right? the game because it shortens the game by an hour. Well, that too, but <laughs> it's just like that's that's never – there's never really been a time in baseball where that was a thing. Agreed, and, have, and I think it's coming. To have Keegan being able to do that, he's, he, he's done that. Like, I remember the first time uh, – I guess it wasn't him, but there was times where I I, I thought of the time when it was Steele and Alzolai, and Alzolai kind of came in for those four innings. But, like, Keegan Thompson can fill that same role, and he's done it 
all last year. Like he did that a lot of times, and I think it was that stretch of like two and two thirds innings every time he went out or whatever to start the season. Like mm-hmm. if he can do that every game, like then the value starts to build up because you are still pitching a high amount of innings, but you're doing it in a sense in a role that starts to become more and more valuable in today's game of baseball. Yeah. Unrelated, you guys brought up that the the, the thing, the, the bit, when you brought up the bit to, to Keegan Thompson. Uh, I, I got the vibe that you just brought it up to then move on because it's like, oh, he sent this or his aunt sent this to the group chat. Uh, how crazy is this guy? So I appreciate you guys not allowing – that to go any further to make me look no. like I'm some crazy fan. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think he actually appreciated it. First of all, his aunt wouldn't take it and show it to the rest of the family okay. if they felt it was negative in any way, shape, or form, right? Like, yeah. it, family members try to isolate their athlete family member from anything that's negative out there. The aunt was probably so blown away that you were saying, this guy should run for mayor. She's like, you've got some super fans out there. Look at this guy. Well, I don't know who he is, but this Cody Delmetrics guy is big on you being mayor. I, and frankly, let's be honest, the bar for mayor in our city is very low. Yeah, that's true. And has been for many years. I just hope he knows why that started. Because what he did, he did. that We day, talked about it afterwards. Okay. Like yeah. after you were done. Yeah, we yeah. said, when did it start? Okay. He goes, did it start after the... And I said, yeah, when you plunked McCutcheon. He's like, kind of gave, gave the same nod to as he well, did going off the okay off the field. He's like, oh, okay, I figured that's what it was. Yeah. Well, that was... that that It's not like his biggest moment ever, but it was it was the rise. It, it was, was a signature starter. moment. Started the Braves mayor. game was yeah. his real signature moment. Yeah. That where he stopped starter, the winning streak. Yeah, that's that start or hell when he went to Los Angeles and and shut down the Dodgers. That yep. Dodgers That was my favorite year. part of his, his starts last year. That was awesome. Yeah, that that was Dodger game was great. Yeah. Plunking McCutcheon was great though. Oh yeah. And I was oh, in his the shrug, stands his that shrug day. was Yeah. It was shrug, the gift of the season. It's an all it was an all-time gift. Was there, that there the, were three great gifts this season. One was Wilson circling home plate and slamming his bat down. Two was uh, David Ross flipping the double birds to Jack <laughs> Peterson. And three was clearly Keegan Thompson kind of shrugging after he just got. Yeah. Was that and when he blew the bubble, bubble gum? Is that the same one or is it a different one? Yeah, it's the same yeah, one. Same one. The bubble okay. gum. Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, whatever. Shrugs as he gets thrown out after everyone knew that he threw it at Andrew McCutcheon on purpose. It after, was on accident. After all those times <laughs> that they threw at Wilson Contreras. It's completely uh, accidental. <laughs> A, a short, uh, another one, I don't know if they made a gift, but they should have made a gift, is Nico Horner sliding into third base with the tongue out. That oh, yeah, that was, that's oh, the yeah. fourth one. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll make a show of that, our top five gifts come out of the season. <laughs> uh, Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks perfect for tailgating happy hour and school lunches these all natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours 16 grams of protein per stick they make a perfect post-workout snack meat sticks come in chicken black forest beef flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili if you haven't tried them yet you don't know what you're missing they're delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making and being all natural they deliver a fresh flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or your local Chicagoland grocery store. And right now, when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart 
and those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. Meat. Uh, so tonight, or not tonight, Friday, I'm going to the Blackhawks takeover. Nice. Um, nice. They sold out. We sold out of tickets. Part of that is because I bought like six of them for me, my girlfriend, uh, her friend. I had to buy one for Corey, uh, and I had to buy two more for someone else. Well, you're running out of potentially chances to see Kane and Taves in a Hawk sweater. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. I'm not a big hockey guy, but we can go with that. Well, um, the trade deadline's coming March 3rd. That's true. That's the true. odds of those two guys both being on the team, not very good. True. So that's an even bigger reason why you should get on game time and get your tickets and go to the Blackhawks game on Friday. Uh, game time. It's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the game time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets. Like I said, Blackhawks tickets, they're, not, they're already pretty cheap. You can get them even cheaper on game day. Uh, you know, the Cubs, uh, once the spring comes around, maybe you're in Arizona want to go to Sloan Park and watch the Cubs. Uh, stuff like that. Created by the fans, for the fans, guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description, whether you're on YouTube or on uh, you're listening to, to us on other uh, podcast platforms join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Very nicely done. Very yeah, nicely I love done. reading that one. I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> I set you up. I gave you the, you, you want the game time. Well, you, you're going to the, you're using the game time app this week. Well, you know, I'm, I got my, I'm going to the takeover with right. a bunch of people. But I'm just saying, like, I would use game time right. to get my tickets to go to the game Friday if, if I, you know, if I had waited too long to get tickets to take over. You know what I mean? And like I said, they're sold out. We're sitting in Section 310 from my understanding. So if you – I don't know if there will be a 300 lot 300 level is not bad for hockey. Yeah, like if it's you – actually a good view. you want to come, like, see some CHGO people, you know, like at the Hawks game – Try go on game time. Maybe you can find some tickets in close to section three ten, and then you'll see us. I got to tell you, one thing I'd really like to see come out of this hockey game, the takeover, would be Cody riding the zamboni in between periods, <laughs> now just waving to the crowd. You know, doing the the queen wave or the king <laughs> wave. Uh, so we have now part two for you of our interview with Keegan Thompson. He talks about free agent additions. We have some fun, and. Uh, Without further ado, here is Keegan Thompson. When you're sitting here in Chicago in the offseason with your wife and you're watching free agency go on and you're seeing all the different moves, um, I would think that you were pretty excited to see some of the gloves that were added behind you. As, am, as a pitcher, that's got to be pretty cool to see what's been set up by the front office um, because what are the nine gold glovers? It it's seems not like nine it. and a, I say nine and a half because I give Nico a half because he, oh, he yeah. lost to Dansby. So, you know, he, he deserves at least a half. So if you've got a, a total or a combined nine and a half gold gloves behind you, you've got to feel pretty good as a pitcher. Yeah. I mean, just the middle of our infield and out, like just the middle of our field of defense, like we got to be one of the best in the, in the league. We got Bellinger in center field probably with Dansby and Nico up the middle, uh, Jan and Tucker behind the plate. I mean, we should have. One of the better, 
we shouldn't have a problem up the middle. And you mentioned Tucker and Jan. And and also we just added Eric Hosmer. Yeah. yeah. He's a gold glover at first base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, gold glover. You mentioned you mentioned Bellinger. Tucker. Bellinger. Yeah, right. yeah. Bellinger. Everyone has a gold glove, I think, on this <laughs> roster at this point. Um, <laughs> but as far as the catchers go, and, and not to knock Wilson at, at all, like obviously Wilson was a big part of this team, um, but now you have Tucker and Jan as, as the main two um, catchers. Um, two veteran guys, two very respected as far as um, game calling and managing a pitching staff. What excites you about working with those two? Obviously, you've worked with Jan already, but um, adding Tucker into that mix and, and working with these two uh, going into the season. They're smart. They uh, know what they're doing. They've been their veterans. Um, the I met Tucker yesterday, and the first day after throwing with him, like the first thing he said to him was like, so what do you like to do? Like when you're in a jam, like is what do you like to go to? Like what's your best pitches to go to? And just, I mean, just from right away, he's trying to learn the pitchers, and that's like that goes a long ways for us. When you look at this offseason and you get ready to go to Arizona, it, was there one thing this winter that you really wanted to work on to improve yourself um just strength lower half strength um i don't have very big legs but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah just some like just strength just uh some create more power on the mound have you continued the hot yoga this offseason did you find a good spot in the chicago area to do that i actually have not continued the yoga this offseason just with uh louis with me um it's been nice that he's been going with me to the field and he's been running around the weight room and working out and (laughs) chasing balls around in the cage and so just being able to take him with me and uh, just have him there and see him be happy and run around and stuff, that's just been what I've been doing this offseason. What's your favorite uh, uniform? Do you like the uh, the Wrigley ones, the dark blues on the Friday? What? Because I feel like you've got a pretty good vibe going when it comes to uniform setup. Some guys have a sloppy uniform. <laughs> I feel like that's not you. Am I wrong? I appreciate I th- that. I, I feel like <laughs> I would like to think so, but I'm glad somebody else thinks so. Yeah. So do you have do you have something that goes in your head and be like, I want this when I'm pitching. I want to look like this. And then do you have a pair of shoes or cleats that you want? Because we also talked to Tommy about his collection of J's. Uh-huh. So, you know, where where do you fall in that ranking? Um, you, you have to go with the classic pinstripes at home. Um, the Wrigley ones are also really cool. That was, they're different, but um, once you get used to them, they're, you kind of grow to love them. Like, the more you see them, the more you love them. And then on the road, it's hard to beat the classic gray. I love the gray jersey, but the blue one's a little bit more comfortable, so we tend to go with the blue <laughs> a little more often. But what about, like, socks? You, you, have you ever gone just straight stirrups, or are you... Here, no, I haven't. I used to wear stirrups in college sometimes when we had to wear our pants up, but um, I'm usually just a crew sock guy down underneath. Yeah. Very pants good. down. Very good. <laughs> uh, we've we've loved having you on. We'd love to have you on again throughout the season. And um, is there anything you want to tell Cubs fans about this upcoming season? Because I feel like it's been, you know, it's been a rough stretch for everybody, but I feel like things are trending in the right direction. Yeah. Do the players feel that too? I think we're all excited, uh, especially with the additions we made in the off season and the way we're going and headed. Um, I think we have a really good group of players and a great roster, good pitching staff, and we're going to have a good lineup, and I think it's going to be something to be excited for. Keegan Thompson, good time. Seems like a genuinely nice dude. Yeah, good he did. dude. I would, I would agree with that. Just that time during the interview and afterwards, he seems like a really nice guy. Um, so hasn't done the yoga. What does thing- – does Keep uh, his uniform in his mind. Yeah. I was got to look good to that. play good. Yeah, I appreciate you asking. 
unless I missed it, and if I did, I'm sorry. It's probably because I was looking at the chat or something. But did you guys ask him about, you know, just hanging out at, in Chicago like this entire off season? We talked about it a little bit before and after the podcast, yeah. but not necessarily in it. He was he was just talking about it there, how he's bringing his mm-hmm. uh, son to the ballpark, right? Well, he talked about how he doesn't do hot yoga anymore. And, but he uh, was saying how he, he goes with Louie. Is that his son? I think it's his dog. There's his dog. Oh, yeah, I think bringing, it's his dog. Bringing Louie to the ballpark and okay. roaming around. But well, he has that video of him, like, just playing catch with whoever at Wrigley. Yeah, like, he's been during, at the like, the coldest During the coldest mm-hmm. week of the year. I was like, that's and that's something. where he met uh, Tucker Barnhart too. Like before oh, okay. Cubs convention, yeah. they were hanging out at Wrigley Field. But I do remember that. That's when it was really cold, really snowing. People were like, "Please get him off the field." <laughs> yeah. like, we don't. <laughs> we were like, "Get get him in a heater." <laughs> uh, Goose Island is the official beer of CHGO. It's been Chicago's beer since 1988. They have your Blackhawks Pale Ale in limited release. Might want to do that before the takeover. Yeah. The Goose Pub in the UC has been op- open for almost 10 years now. Bulls City 312 limited release. There's 312 Wheat Ale, uh, Bourbon County Stout, Christmas IPA, Beer Hug IPA Series, Green Line, Matilda. Goose Island has two locations that are open and ready to welcome you. Grab a beer right now from their innovation tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room, 1800 West Fulton. It's a cool location right near the United Center, or get a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brew House, 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations, Goose Island Beer Company. Kevin's asleep at the wheels. Honk, honk. Waiting for the honk, honk. Uh, I don't know. That's new for me. You don't know where it is? Okay. I'll get it. I'll get it. Let me find it. There it is. Don't worry about it. We got it. He's there got it. There it is. is. See? There we go. What's Fold a show without the Hong Kong? <laughs> Hong Kong. Uh, and, you know, say you're tailgating next year. You got your Goose Island, right? You got your 312. Or, Cody, what's the one you like? The, the, or you tried that uh, through uh, the Goose Island? Oh, the Tropical Beer there you go. Beer Hug. It's 9.9%. Oh, didn't? Yeah. I think I think her at the Bulls game, maybe? Yeah. They had, the, like, a, a tall boy of it? Like, like a 19-ounce one. Yeah. So they, they, It the, wasn't the Tropical <laughs> one, but I did see on the can it said it was, like, 7.2% oh, or something. They, I was like, you got to get the Tropical one. They got a lot of good stuff at Goose <laughs> Island, but when you're tailgating next year, like a Bears game or, or whatever you're doing, you want to combine that Goose Island with Chi-Town Cornhole. Chi-Town Custom Cornhole is the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Their signature box-style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in on the back, Mm. LEDs that light up the hole, and exterior handles for easy-carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. Chi-Town Cornhole is veteran-owned and operated. They can ship anywhere, and they offer local pickups. They specialize in corporate design for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Go check out their website, chitowncornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at Chi-Town Custom Cornhole Boards. Did you guys see they actually had a, a giveaway with PHNX? Yeah. Chi-Town Custom Cornhole yeah. had the PHNX giveaway. Um, it is only for, for people in the Phoenix area, but... They're 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 national, man. They're 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 all over the country now. Tom it, is living large. Living large. Living large. Going there. They have there's at, at in Phoenix. You know, maybe uh, we can have. He's them. nationwide. I would guess that he's international. Yeah. He's probably yeah. shipping those out to some yeah, countries. Probably. You can get, again. You can get your own personal one, or 
Like, if you follow him on social media, he posts all the ones of, like, you know, his favorite teams, which he's a Chicago guy. So, you you know, like I always say, he always tags me in these Illini ones. And then he's got some really cool Cubs ones I've seen, too, and some and other teams. So Well, Bags has um, taken off around the world. The International Bags League is, is really something to watch. You, is that something? You, you ever watched the – I know that Jay Cutler was yeah, on the Jay some Cutler was, like, part of some cornhole. league. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll – I will say that you know bags is getting pretty big, but also pickleball is getting pretty big. Oh yeah, pickleball is out of control. Uh, so pickleball was what, awesome but, but, when I was in high school. But what I'm saying is, you need if you want bags to stay ahead of pickleball, you need to start buying some yeah. Chi Town custom cornhole boards. That's right, man. you do. Yeah. Do you guys know one summer I went undefeated in bags? I kept my record. Twenty-five and zero. Can we like? Is well, this well, official right now? Are they different at Are you playing grade school kids? Oh, like, I was. I, mean, it's I was like kicking when, ass. It's like when Kramer went to the karate <laughs> class and was taking on second graders. Hey, twenty-five and zero. There's no way to prove it these days, man. <laughs> well, maybe they had a few too many beers, and I was able to <laughs> keep my upper hand. But yeah, okay. twenty-five and zero. Heart of the competitor. We'll see. Size the competitor matters. We'll see. We'll see you this summer. <laughs> we'll be Pri- singing Pri- twenty five at <laughs> all. This makes perfect. <laughs> His winning percentage was just unbelievable. Uh, all right, so the Cubs put out their promotions and giveaways. We're going to kind of rank some stuff. I I do think number one, it's sort of cool. Like the bobblehead thing for me personally is, I get it. Everybody likes bobbleheads. The younger you are, usually the more you like them. I feel like every bobblehead's been done. Have you seen Crawley's like collection? You seen that? Bobbleheads. He has like there's a bobblehead museum in uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's so cool. They're doing a (laughs) they're doing a statue series this year. So the guys that have statues, there's a Billy Williams bobblehead, but it's the Billy Williams statue. Mm -hmm. They're doing a Fergie Jenkins statue bobblehead. Um, I think. That's kind of a cool idea. Instead of just doing, I mean, of course you can do Dansby and you can do Nico, but you don't want to be doing the same players every year. So this is kind of a nice nod, for lack of a better term, with nice. the bobblehead, right? That was to, our- to past Cubs players. Yeah, I mean, the the statue ones are different. They definitely haven't done anything like that in a long time. I can't remember the last time I did anything like that. I like them, you know. They're gonna be real popular. See, we got the Nico yeah, Horner one right we there the on Nico the set. One, yeah. There, there are some really cool giveaways that they give away, you know, every year, mm-hmm. um, because some of them have, the, like, the special ticket offer where you have to go, in and and, right. and click the right link and get the, you know, I, I think you might have to pay extra for it. Um, but even just like the Bobble has like the Nico Horner one. I think it was like the first ten thousand people one of those days. You know, they had Madrigal, Stroman, Saya. I want to say had one. Um, you know, they're really cool, and and, and we'll. We'll talk about our favorite ones. If you're watching on YouTube, and by the way, that is the best way to experience the uh, CHGO, CHGO Cubs podcast, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and then join us live. Um, we are showing on the screen, and if you listen to the podcast, just go back and check it out on YouTube. I swear that those luggage tags look like meat cleavers, <laughs> which would be a very dangerous giveaway at the ballpark. But the... I know I didn't have my readers on, but the first time I looked up, I was like, they're giving away Cubs meat cleavers? That seems like a terrible idea. So there's some good ones on there. There's a nice picnic blanket. I like the uh, City Connect jersey giveaway. There's the fanny pack coming in May. Yeah. Again, I'm not – 
I do see having a child now, how a fanny pack could be convenient. You're just not going to necessarily convince me that a fanny pack is cool. But well, I know they're making a comeback. That's more like a shoulder bag. I think those are well, really that's how in they're style trying to right wear now. it. Yeah. They're, they're trying to give you a different spin on how you can wear it. Look, it's a satchel. It's a shoulder bag. <laughs> I'd wear it. I like it. You yeah. walk around with that over your shoulder? You yeah, those really? are in style right now. I'd wear I one of those. See that. that's a, as long as you're not wearing it around your waist. I think if you're wearing it over your, you know, like a, like a sash. I was see, never a big fan of that style either. The, the one around the waist? But that's how it's most convenient. Well, the one around the waist or over the shoulder. I was never well, like, okay, it's not my thing, but if I were to, you know, join the crowd, I'd probably just wear it around my waist because, to me, people who are at peak performance wear them like that, and that's where I consider myself at. <laughs> okay? Now, uh, yeah, but have you ever been 25 <laughs> and 0 in bags? <laughs> True. <laughs> but the way that it's positioned on the screen, like across the shoulder, that is very much something my girlfriend does, so I wouldn't be surprised if she wanted that. Just to add to her collection. Oh, yeah, super chat from Fernando. Fernando, every oh, day. Fernando, I appreciate Fernando's you, coming in. Need them all. What's he saying? Need them rookie all. Rookie of the year one. Statue bob- bobbleheads. The rookie of the year one is a must-have. And maybe the fanny pack. Don't be judgy. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, I'm, so- I'm yeah. sorry. I also saw that uh, Brent said he's got a Fernando. Sandberg bobblehead. The head won't stay on, but I still treasure it. That's the yeah. problem with bobbleheads. The head's... Don't we got stay. a couple broken ones back on the shelves over there, too, just fallen casualties, CHGO casualties. CHGO casualties, victims. Very nice. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, you know, as far as, like, Fernando mentions the rookie of the year one, like, I tweeted it earlier, like. 30th anniversary of the movie. Yeah, like, I feel like us millennials, like, need it like air to breathe. Um <laughs> <laughs> because that that was the movie when I was a kid, you know what I mean. And More than yeah. Sandlot. Well, I mean, Sandlot is number one is like number one on my list of sports movies. Just like all baseball, time. but like, I guess if you're a Cubs fan, specifically, but if you're a Cubs fan, like Rookie of the Year is especially like if you were a kid when that movie came out, like it has a special place in your heart. No matter yeah. how bad you think it might be, it's it's still you know. I need obvious shirts to remake that shirt again with all the ways that they say Rowan Gardner's name wrong. Garden hoser, wouldn't it be funnier if they put one of those on the bobblehead if it said Rosenbagger? Yeah, saying (laughs) Rosenbagger. I think the Uh, the bobblehead would be funnier if you put a funny name on it instead of his movie character name. Well, then Thomas and Nicholas is at Wrigley like every year, so I feel like even even though it's the 30th year anniversary, it feels like we celebrate that movie every year. He he comes out, he does the... I can't even do it. He does it really well. But he does that at the park, sings the seventh inning stretch, first pitch, all that stuff. I know. It's just a special movie for Cubs fans. So, I'm not against it. Another super chat from Fernando. Oh, another one. 199. I was an extra in the stands for that movie. That is pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. You guys know the movie... This is an older movie from the 80s. Lucas? Do you know that movie? Uh, it's Should one of Charlie Sheen's first movies. Oh, no. He's very young in it. Corey. Uh, what is this? It's, uh, is it Corey, Corey Haim or Corey Feldman? Would, uh, Corey, the movie Lucas. Have you ever seen the no. movie Lucas? That Charlie was filmed Sheen. in Arlington Heights at the old Arlington High School. And my friends have ah. speaking parts in it. I could have been in it, but we went on vacation. I just, ah. I just it's just one of those. It's a classic old 80s movie. It's mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen is really young. Corey Haim. 
Corey, Corey Haim is in it. Corey Haim, yeah. Um, when the, not to get too off topic, but when the Nightmare on Elm Street remake was filmed, it was filmed at Elk Grove High School, and See? my brother was still in high school at the time. He could have been in it, but he wasn't old enough. <laughs> to be an extra oh, in when Nona Ryder is in that movie too, I, I know, I, know, I at right. least know her in Lucas. In Lucas, yeah, right. right. Yeah, we had anyway. a girl that we went to high school with that had several speaking parts, and mm, a buddy of mine had yeah. like one line. Nice. Anyways, you might want to check it out. It's a good '80s movie. Uh, I will say to stay on brand as far as the the giveaways and stuff. Oh, sorry, stay on brand. Are we are we giving out? Do we pick our favorites already yet? No. Oh, we're gonna do that. You want to do that? Might as well. Yeah. We Sweet. have it. Okay. I so, went with the uh, blanket. They're given out. It's like one of the first ones given away, and I own like. I like it mainly because everyone knows how much the City Connect vibe has grown on me, <laughs> and you just can't ever have too many. And if I, you know, I could say that the bobblehead is my favorite, but let's be real: if I were to get the bobblehead, I was just going to bring it here so it could be on our set, and it ain't going to be at my house. So, I at least know the blanket will be at my house. So yeah, I went with the Hawaiian, staying on brand. <laughs> you know, I, I like my Hawaiian shirt, especially during the summer. It's hot at the ballpark. You know, the AC around Wrigley Field isn't great. Um, so you like to stay cool. And what's better to stay cool than a Hawaiian shirt? Um, it is a good one. I like it. I'll, 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 just, I'll just say out of all the giveaways, like, that that would be more, most on brand for me. Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. The Hawaiian shirt. I think that Hawaiian shirt will – uh, I'd give it a 99.9% chance of showing up on the CHGO Blackhawk show before <laughs> yeah. the – yeah. Summer is Those over. guys love Greg. Greg would, Greg would rock loves it. a good Greg, Hawaiian Greg shirt, and that one. one's yeah. right up his alley. I, yeah. I mean, the Star Wars, it's not a giveaway. They're not giving it away at the gate, right? That's one of those special ticket offers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Nico Horner, as <laughs> I guess Luke Skywalker, looks pretty cool. Let's call it like An- An- Anico Hornwalker, something like that. <laughs> They did those at with White Sox pitchers like two years ago too. I know like Lucas Giolito and all those guys had oh, yeah. were like those the are Star garbage. Wars. I sold mine. <laughs> I picked them up and sold them on eBay. I know Dub says fun. I win this edition of who you got. So oh, don't give him, a good start. Don't 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 give him that energy, Dubs. Come I'll on. Man. I mean I, 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 I Luke Skywalker I bobblehead with Nico Horner. I just came off the Who You Got World Series win, so it's like might as well might as well just keep it going. All right, well, take, my, take your wins when you can. My yeah. win today is Keegan Thompson knows who I am, and I'm part of the group trap. <laughs> yeah, you're his campaign manager. I <laughs> uh, can't go within 50 feet of him. Craig yeah. says Matt Mervis is plus 1,200 to win Rookie of the Year. This is not financial advice. Uh, Cody, as our resident Delmetrics gambler, how do you feel about that? Would you, uh, would you sprinkle a couple bucks on that? I mean, yeah, we talked about it before. I, I would sprinkle. I mean, that's a, that's like insane value, but it's also mm-hmm. like one when I look at it, like the the expectations we have for him don't scream rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it would be surprising to me to see him win rookie of the year. Not big, not you know, because of anything he can or can't do on the baseball field. Just the expectations that we have for his role. We are kind of expecting him to start the season at AAA, and then when he comes up, like he's going to be kind of a platoon at first base, at least of what it would appear to be. Um, it would feel like you, you know plus what? 1,200 is a lot of juice, but mm-hmm. it's now, and this is not gambling advice, but say Brennan Davis is you know healthy in the spring and he shows out, but they, oh. they're going to start him in AAA probably, right? But he get here fast But enough. if he – 
you know, if he performs well at AAA and you're paying attention, I'm he's at like plus nine thousand right now. I wouldn't place the bet right now. I'd wait until you know maybe the spring is over if you wanted to take that flyer. <laughs> I think he has a higher ceiling that and the 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 better the better op, like the bigger chance to actually do that. But that and again, that's not for me to say that I don't think Mervis is going to be anything. But how many pops is he going to hit this year? What's the over under? Mervis pops in, at the big leagues le- big league level. What was the projections that we that we 24. saw? Like, was it 24 or was it a little yeah, less that than that? Seems, that's, that seems like a lot. That's not, high if he's not making like the some, opening day roster. It was like 21 to 24, somewhere in that range, I that's believe. It's a lot of home runs for a guy that probably doesn't break camp with the team. Yeah. I remember we saw like when those fan graphs projections came out. Remember, it was, I mean, it was maybe a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it was, I think it was pre like Trey Mancini signing, may have even been pre Hosmer. Um, so maybe that had an effect on it. But when those, even when those came out, we were kind of like, huh, like the, the, the projections, I think it was Zip's projections that Fangrass put out felt high for him. And this is when we, oh, this is when we had our episode with Brendan. Yes. And Brendan was kind of, he brought up the numbers and was asking us our over unders and, as much as it, you know, we we like Mervis and, and expect him to actually be a solid baseball player right. in the major leagues, it kind of felt like this year specifically, those numbers felt high. Even like twenty something homers, like I would I would personally have taken the under on that, just because of again the expectation of what his role and how much major league time he'll actually get this season. It, it, that feels like a lot, but yeah. I mean, if he proves if he proves that wrong, like then that's a very impressive season. For now. Him. I don't know if we've talked about this on a recent show, but DraftKings, our good friends, did drop the make the make the playoffs uh, markets and the win total markets, and they opened the Cubs with over under seventy seven and a half, which we have already talked about, like seventy eight, because I think there was one projection taking the over, taking the over team. I out think there they're five hundred team, that. and then the the uh, the odds for them to make the playoffs were at plus three ten, just super juicy. Hmm. I'm probably going to take a flyer. Huh. I mean, plus three ten isn't is it's, like, it's juice, but it's not like crazy juice that you feel like. Well, yeah, like you if it's the Pirates, they're like plus two thousand. Yeah, or something exactly. Like that, you you know feel like, I mean? oh man, this is going to be a waste of ten dollars, right? Like, right. Three ten isn't that bad. It's just a waste of ten dollars is if I go put ten dollars on the Cubs to win the World Series at plus eight thousand. Yeah, there you go. And that's coming from the optimistic like guy here. What if you put twenty bucks down on it? Cubs make the playoffs. Not bad. It's a lot of Goose Island I can buy afterwards if it works. Uh, (laughs) Back back to the promotion thing real quick. What's the worst giveaway? The worst one. Does anybody use a koozie? I don't really. I'm, I'm not, not a fan a big, of. I'm not a koozie guy. I'm not a fan of the 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 tags thing for the London series. Like, oh yeah, you could have done something. Tag. Yeah, <laughs> like you could have done something better, man. Like, I'm sorry. I just mean in general when you get a giveaway at any sporting event. I don't care if it's yeah. a Bulls game, a Blackhawks game, a, a baseball game. What, mm. What's the? What's I mean, the I've, lamest giveaway. Now, if you're looking at those four things that are on our screen. I don't even know what the one on the left is, but one's a blanket, Somebody one's a beanie. A I'll, I'll take I'll take the blanket or the beanie. Yeah, the the thing on the the first thing is the opening day pen. It's like something you can put on a like pin. your shirt. Or whatever. You see, and I'm not a pin collector, but yeah. if, you, if you're a pin collector, that's a big deal, right? Cubs convention, you trade those pins just like right. the people at the Olympics do. 
I just like the luggage tag thing. I don't know. That's sad. I, I would say out of the, the this year giveaways, I agree. Like that feels. They could have done so otherwise. much better for for that because that's a big deal that the Cubs are going to London. Yeah, yeah. You know when did I mean? when does when do those come out? Like, <laughs> do those come, okay? They, they're they come April out the 10th. Of the year. Yeah. So April tenth, it's a luggage tag, but then it's also like. How many people, like, I don't know, it just it feels like that could have been, like, a giveaway for people that are going to London, like, bought tickets to mm-hmm. the game or something. They could actually right. use them, right? Right. I don't know. It feels, I that's that's probably, I agree, that's probably the worst of the giveaways to me. If, if you look at the special days they have, they have a bunch of different ones. Uh, on Twitter, I just highlighted three random ones. Which one of these three should we show up to in costume? July 18th, Marvel Superhero Night, August 2nd, Star Wars Night, or August 28th, WWE Night. I vote I, vote I know WWE Corey's night. gonna say WWE. Yeah, I vote WWE. So, night. That likely means us showing up with no shirts on. Because the wrestlers very rarely <laughs> have shirts, tights and shirts. So no shirts and tights, that's why yeah. I'm gonna vote for Star Wars or Superhero Night. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. I'll I would probably <laughs> say Marvel then. Because I'm not a big Star Wars guy. I guess you could. We could all dress up as like Macho Man or something, and then we yeah. wouldn't have to go shirt. I have a Macho Man costume. Yeah. At my Stucky Claus, or you know, Hulk, Hulk Hogan one with the ripped Hulkamaniac. You know, yeah, is yeah. Stucky Claus in Marvel? No, <laughs> no. And pull off the Santa suit in the middle of July. <laughs> no way, <A> superhero. <laughs> he's my, he's my superhero. Imagine my all, superhero. Imagine everyone showing up to WWE night at Wrigley Field, like actually dressed like, like in the in the tights. And not like the the pant tights, but just like the you know whatever those things are called. Have they ever had tights. Marvel Night before? Yeah. Like wrestling tights. Wrestling tights. I know they've had Star Wars Night at every ballpark, but have they had yeah. Marvel Night? They may have. I don't because know. I it, I would put my Captain money on America yeah. is Marvel, right? Yes. So they need Ryan Dempster to show up in the Captain America and just sit in the bleachers. Like he did the hockey game one day. I'd love to just show up in Wrigley wearing an entire an entire Spider Man costume. Just be one of Although those. July eighteenth could be really hot, and wearing a full costume of Captain America. Yeah, true. Could be a little toasty, <laughs> a little sweaty. That's true. Eesh. Well, that said, I'd love to be sweating right now, considering how cold it is these days. It's not. Mm. It's, a, it's a little cold. Spring's out there. right around the corner, guys. It's right around the corner. We're almost there. Ooh yeah. Cream. <sighs> Someone's like cream of the crop in there, and that's. Just goes with WWE. Yeah, Dustin, Dustin, cream of the crop. If you haven't seen that Macho Man video, the cream of the crop is the best one. <laughs> if you need a koozie to keep your beer cold, then you're not drinking it fast enough, says Barb. Well, I believe go. said she was 83 in the chat today. 83. 83. <laughs> Anyways, we're back. Uh, we're back tomorrow, 120, with another live podcast here on YouTube. And thanks to everybody that downloads as well on Spotify, Apple. Make sure you give the five-star review on Spotify for us. We appreciate that. Five stars. Uh, Thursday, we will have an an interview with Hayden Wesneski. That's on the the docket. So look forward to that. And we look forward to seeing you coming up on Wednesday right here at CHGO. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO. When you sign up for Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera, I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, fly the W.